forests for for New Englanders are they're they're part of who we are. The forests of Vermont really are Vermont's identity. They are Vermont. You have a state that's nearly 80% forested. That is who we are. Think about the joy you get when you're out on a on a mountain bike ride, and you know you hear this song and of, of some bird, you don't know what it is, but if you don't start hearing those things, you recognize that. You say, "Gee, it's woods are really quiet today." And then on top of that, our, our culture is also intertwined with that forest. From you think of Vermont, you think of maple syrup. Well, there's our forest, uh, and you also then think of our the different wood products that we produce. Our history is so much based on in the forest, and our today our economies and, and our livelihoods and where we live and the things we like to do, the, the recreation we like to participate in. So many of us, myself included, are connected to the forest in some way. That was Steve Hagabu, conservation biologist with Audubon, Vermont, and Jared Nunnery, Orleans County Forester with Department of Forest Parks and Recreation. Welcome to Heartwood, Vermont, a new podcast that connects Vermonters to our forested landscape through stories and answers your questions about our forests, forest management, and the forest economy. I'm Kate Four, And I'm Lisa Sawsville. Lisa is the Executive Director of Vermont Coverts. And Kate is a Community Forestry Specialist with the UVM Extension. Together, we'll be your hosts as we explore our woods. This episode brings us back to our connection to Vermont's forests. We'll be hearing from familiar voices about why our forests, the ecosystem services they provide, and the products that they help create matter. Imagine if, if an airport was made all of wood using mass timber, your heart rate slows, your blood pressure is lower. There've just been some really interesting scientific studies on that human response to natural materials like wood. This concept called biophilia, which is really this idea that as humans, we actually respond so much better to the natural world. So all the more reason for us to think about ways that we can bring more natural material like wood into our lives and use it for building, whether it's building a home or building an airport. This is really fascinating. Let's dig a little bit deeper into this concept and this idea of biophilia. So biophilia is a term coined by Eric Fromm, and it describes the passionate love of life and all life. E.O. Wilson actually took the concept further to hypothesize that there is an innate human instinct to connect with nature and other living beings. Cool, right? It is really cool. So Christine was referencing this idea that is becoming popular with architects and designers to bring this biophilia lens into the built environment. The idea is to use nature as a vehicle that's going to create an emotional connection between people and the buildings that they occupy. In this case, we're talking about wood. This reminds me of the stories and the connections that we heard from folks in episode one and the idea of mass timber that we heard in episode four. Biophilia suggests that people can have a strong connection to wood as material, especially in buildings and homes. 
I agree. I love that they're bringing this concept back into it. I mean, I have an old farmhouse that was built in 1832. And in the basement, you can see the the logs that are the floor joists. And I have wood flooring throughout my house, like it's the old wide barn board. And I just, I love the feeling of being in my house. And being surrounded by all that wood. Yeah, absolutely. It's true. Maybe I'm a tree geek, but I definitely feel a difference when I'm surrounded by natural materials like wood. I absolutely love these big old maples. I mean, they they just... The real luxury of my life is a hot tub. And I situated the house in the hot tub so that I could look both at a very, very large birch tree that's on my property and a number of these old legacy maples. And just sitting there looking at them blows me over. That was Ruth Rutenberg, a landowner in Northfield. I put the house where I put it to minimize the number I had to take out. A lot of the inside of my house has maple slabs from those two trees. And, you know, they're like tap holes in the dining room table and and in the wood on my vanity and in the bathroom and stuff like that. I love maple. It's beautiful. Whether you're looking for something like as a gift, a toy or something for like a baby, just that light color, I think is gorgeous. We try to convince customers not to stain wood because it's just so pretty. And Vermont woodworkers, you know, they're known for simple, elegant designs that are really refined. I mean, the finishes on Vermont made furniture are incredible. Each species is so different. The green patterns, the color. Lisa, do you have a favorite type of wood? Well, when it comes to like shopping or looking for wood, I'm always drawn to bird's eye maple. But I don't know, Kate, my forester friend, can you tell me what makes that interesting patterning in that maple? We don't exactly know what causes it. The most prevalent theory is that it's caused by unfavorable growth conditions for the tree. So the tree actually starts to grow numerous new buds in order to get sunlight or to get more sunlight. But with the poor growing conditions, the new shoots are actually aborted, leaving these small circles or knots in the green that actually resemble a small bird's eye. Oh, that's cool. Maybe that's why I'm drawn to it. You know, the wildlife biologist drawn to bird's eyes. Who knows? I thought you might. there might be a connection there. Bird's eye maple is just one example of the type of figuring that we see in wood. Just like people, no two trees are the same. And so how and where a tree grows, the diseases that it's exposed to, the strain or injury that it sustains, create variation or irregularities in the grain pattern of the wood. Ken, who's a sawyer, he also talks about his favorite woods. Let's hear from Ken. On the hardwood side, ash is is one of my favorite species because of it. It it really is a is a beautiful wood. It grows really straight, has a lot of qualities that allow it to be used for a number of different things. And then on the softwood side, over the years, I've I've just there's a couple of species that have, have caught my eye that they don't get much of, and one of them is is larch. We are are oftentimes looking for something that's rot resistant. So uh, larch or tamarack is, is one of those species that I find, you know, particularly interesting. Forests in general, globally, are, are very, very critical ecosystems. 
some people talk about forests as the the lungs of the planet. Forests have very critical roles using carbon dioxide and sunlight and water to produce oxygen, which is obviously something that's important to us. They also have critical roles in water quality. And then there's just the myriad interactions in all the forest ecosystems around the world between a whole host of other organisms besides just plants, fungi and amphibians and reptiles and mammals and birds and all these amazing, amazing complex creatures that, that live in what really makes up a forest. And then they have the added benefit of also producing products that we use uh, in our everyday life. You can see the white pine rafters behind me. Well, not on the podcast, you can't, but there are white pine rafters behind me. We all live in structures that use a lot of wood. The forest products have the somewhat unique feature in that they're renewable. That was Alan Calfee, a consulting forester with Calfee Woodland Management. These benefits that Alan describes are known as ecosystem services. It's things that our forest provides that we don't always recognize, such as food, fuel, clean air, erosion control, flood abatement, as well as things like opportunities for recreation, education, and cultural enrichment. Clean water, carbon storage, those trees are holding carbon and the soil in those forests is holding carbon. It's so important that we keep our forests as forests so that along with all those other benefits, we do have this quote unquote carbon sink of forested areas that are you know, really absorbing carbon and not pushing it out into the atmosphere. Throughout this podcast, we've been on our own journey, understanding the role of Vermont's forests, the professionals that work in it or for it, and some of the services and products that it provides. I think it's safe to say that our relationship with the woods is complex and personal. So tell me, Kate, what do you love about the forest? Where we are right now is a forest that, you know, I came to a lot in my younger years as a professional. I think for me, the forest has always been a place that I've retreated to, both in terms of, you know, finding a place to just collect my thoughts and and kind of recenter after a long day or in the middle of a long day or even on a short day. I love the smells. We just picked up a pine cone. You know, I love the smell of pine pitch. I love the feeling that I get looking up at a big white pine tree that's standing before us here and realizing that, you know, I've only been here for a short time and these trees, many of them, have been here much longer. And I don't know, I'm gonna get all philosophical. Look at this hemlock with the sapsucker holes. Yeah, this hemlock here is growing, you know, kind of right on top of a bunch of rocks and the roots are sort of coming out of the soil and sort of have it buttressed a little bit and thinking about kind of what the conditions were here like when it got its start. This has been Kate and Lisa. And you've been listening to Heartwood, hosted by Vermont Coverts, UVM Extension, and UVM Center for Research on Vermont. 
This podcast was produced by Leah Kelleher and made possible by funding from Vermont Agency of Agriculture, Food and Markets, and the Working Lands Enterprise Board. We hope to be back soon sharing more stories and reflections on our woods, everything it provides, and what we can do to care for it. We'll leave you with a few final reflections from the woods. There's a certain just calmness in the woods that that I find. Stopping for a moment, and yesterday a mixed flock of chickadees and sparrows uh, and a kinglet as well, just kind of surrounding around me while I was in mixed wood forest on the edge of a wetland and took a moment and realized, uh, you know what, this is a nice place to be, especially in a time when the world's pretty tumultuous. There's always just uh, quietness in the woods that's really nice too. So endless classroom and, and also just peace and tranquility. It's nice to have the cycles of nature to look forward to. I feel like that has been one thing that has really gotten me through this pandemic is knowing that the Phoebes are coming back and that they will be there in mid-April and that they do come back in mid-April and just watching the cyclical seasonality happen the way it's supposed to has been really comforting during all of the unrest and stress and uncertainty of this pandemic. So many more people are able to get out and enjoy nature that is definitely a silver lining of this pandemic is that people feel so much more connected to outdoor spaces. Whether you're a a landowner, a forest landowner or not, think about how forests and and all of the the living things that are part of that forest, from the birds to the the trees, um, how they really do play a role in your lives kind of on a daily basis, whether or not you even realize it. Come back to that repeatedly and and just kind of have that mindfulness of of this is a a very important resource um, for all of us to, to, to take care of. The fiddle music that you heard in this episode was written and performed by Vermont musician Joanne Garten. To hear more of her work, check out her album, Bees Knees. Do you have a story to share about your connection to our woods or have a question about Vermont's forest? Give us a call and leave us a message at 802-476-2003, extension 210. We'd love to hear from you and share your stories and explore your questions in future episodes.